Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen, back with a brand new episode here in The Truth. Back with my boy, AJ Ponciano. AJ, how are you doing here today? I'm doing good now. How are you? Doing great as well. Again, we're making our way here through week 18, the final week of the regular season. A lot to look forward to for a lot of teams and also not a lot to look forward to as, you know, a team ends their season probably on the not not the right foot that they were expecting to end their season on. So we went over the Saturday games in yesterday's show. Hope you guys are enjoying those. You will enjoy those games here today. And today we're just going to strictly be talking about the Sunday games. And typically at this point, our, our fantasy football slash NFL preview, we kind of go over a couple of things that aren't going to be on here today. And those were covered in Saturday's show. So really today we're just going to talk about the game of the week. And this is all for Sunday's games. If you want information for today's games, feel free to check out the last podcast. But We'll go over our game of the week here for Sunday, two games to watch out for, lock of the week and upset of the week, and then we'll jump straight into our two must-starts, two must-sits, two sleepers, and two busts for those of you that still have a fantasy championship to hopefully claim or other money or cash prizes that you may be winning in your league based on whatever your league settings are. So without further ado, let's go ahead and hop into our game of the week. What is your game of the week here in week 18 on Sunday? So my game of the week, I'm going to go with Bills-Dolphins. Dolphins have a really bad game last week uh, against the Ravens. The Bills were the hottest teams uh, in the NFL. Uh, Josh Allen has been playing very good. Uh, he's one of those guys where he's basically had an interception every single game, but has been really good these last, I want to say, five, six weeks. Uh, they're 10-6 right now, still in the hunt. They're uh, number six team right now, uh, technically, Uh but they're still in the hunt. They attack, they haven't made the playoffs yet. So I think there's a lot of playoff implications with them, especially uh, if the Bills win. I think or the Bills will make it. It will kind of kick out some other teams. But if the Bills lose, it's one of those games where the Dolphins uh, are already in there. They've, they're going to make the playoffs. But it opens up the playoff picture to a few other teams. So it's gonna, as I that's why I have the Bills Dolphins. There's a lot of playoff implications here. Uh, I do have the Bills winning this one. Yeah, Bills Dolphins is going to be the game of the week. I think that one's obvious here. I mean, that's a, re- a reason it's flexed to uh, Sunday night, right? We talk about the Sunday night game always. You know, the, when the NFL releases the schedule, they just have every game at their, you know, resolated time, you know, the 12 o'clock slot or, you know, on the, on the West Coast, the 1 o'clock or one fifteen, one thirty, whatever it is, you know. And so they always flex the biggest game. And the Bills, where they're at right now or where they're at five weeks ago, would probably never be in this position. Same with the Dolphins. But now we're at a situation where the winner of Bills and Dolphins wins the AFC East, which is just crazy to think about. So good to see there for the Bills. And honestly, sad to see there for the Dolphins. But who knows? You know, it's almost one of those things like I'm going to go with the Bills. I'll tell you that right now. But it's one of those things that's like feel like when most people are betting the Bills, the Dolphins are going to end up winning the game. So you really don't know. You know, I really don't know what's going to happen. I think it's going to be a very interesting situation. So we'll have to see, you know, as, as time goes on, what happens here and, you know, when they're able to have success. But it's going to be a good game nonetheless. Obviously, Josh Allen versus Tua. Uh, Tyreek Hill, we'll see how he plays. His house recently caught on fire. So we'll see if uh, he's got a little fire under him and then comes away with a big game. He's been kind of quiet, I feel like, especially recently. Jalen Waddle, I think he's expected to be back. Obviously, Raheem, uh, Dev, uh, Devon A-Chain, he was running the ball to the Ravens defense like there is no tomorrow. So there's a lot of keys for both sides here. And I'm still going to go with the Bills, but this is going to be a really good game and a good way to end Week 18, to say the least. All right, your two games to watch out for here on Sunday. So I have three games. Uh, technically, I'm going to talk about two. So Texans-Colts is the main. 
is one of them if I've already given what I said about uh what today's videos came out uh for the Sunday game or Saturday games. Uh but that has a lot of playoff implications with both both them and the Jags uh right now being in the hunt uh for that final playoff spot to win the division. There's a lot of playoff implications. But my first one's gonna be Panthers versus the Bucks. Uh the Bucks, if they win this game, they win the division, they win the South. Uh, there, but the Panthers uh, come out and win this game uh, with an upset. It really opens up the division uh, to the Saints potentially uh, winning and winning the division and going to be able to make the playoffs. And with that, I also have Bears-Packers. I think that's another game where uh, it has a lot of playoff implications. Now, the Bears are eliminated uh, up to this point. Uh, if they win the game, they'd be set at eight and nine. Uh, but the Packers right now, they're in the hunt. Uh, with the win last week, uh, they moved them to eight and eight. It's where they're one of those teams right there in the hunt as well. If they win this game, it's going to be huge. Uh, if they win, it says that they are basically in. They have a 99% chance of making the playoffs uh, if they win. But if they lose, they would have to have a lot of other things go right for them. There's a lot of games this week that have playoff implications for either between winning a division for higher seeding or uh, just depending on how other things uh, end up being for the other team, just out of, some team out of nowhere potentially making the playoffs depending on who wins and who loses. Yeah, there's two games that really just kind of stick an eye out for me. First one is going to be Falcons at Saints, right? And I've talked about repeatedly this game is going to be a game, big game for multiple reasons. I'll give you a little spoiler for the pick but I have the Panthers beating the Buccaneers. So in all honesty, if that happens, the winner of Falcons and Saints is going to win the division. I'm going to go with the Falcons winning this game here, and I know you're probably going to – disagree with that but look i've given the saints plenty of opportunities to win some games and they've disappointed me also too the falcons are one of those teams that like who knows what they're gonna do right like they started the season good then they went bad then they for some reason got good again then they got bad again like this almost seems too good to be true but like i don't even think there's skill to to be said here it's kind of like one of those things i say when like a team fires a coach or makes a big trade or something like that. Like, they win the next game. It almost seems like the Falcons are going to find a way to win the division, even though they shouldn't, because they shouldn't. The Saints should win the division. If the Saints don't win, then the Buccaneers should win the division before the Falcons even win the division. But I think it's still going to be an interesting game, obviously. You know, job security for Arthur Smith up there. You could argue the case for Dennis Allen as well. How is Derek Carr going to play? I know Kamara left the game last week with an injury. You know, a lot of interesting pieces in this matchup here. But this NFC South matchup could really determine a lot. And obviously the winner of this game would have to pay attention to the Bucks panthers game. I, be- I don't know. I think the Falcons are eliminated from wildcard contention. I think the Saints still have wildcard contention. Is that right? Do you know if the Saints can still make the wildcard? The Saints can make the wildcard if they win. Uh, and I think it's like if... Green Bay Car- has to lose, I know. Yeah, Green Bay has to lose. Yeah, uh, whoever the Cardinal, whoever the Cardinals yep, yep, play, Seattle, 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 Seattle has plays. Seattle has to lose. I mean, there's a chance, but the Saints have to win no matter what. Uh, but if the Bucks win and Saints win, it kind of comes down to a few other teams having to lose. And I and yeah, that's one of those things too. It's like this game means so much, but also that Buccaneers Panthers game means a lot as well. And the Panthers are the worst team, right? They've already locked up the number one pick that doesn't even belong to them. But, you know, the Buccaneers did not look good last week at all against the Saints. So, obviously, the Saints-Falcons. Saints have a better chance regardless than the Falcons. The Falcons need to beat the Saints, which is a difficult challenge in New Orleans. And they got to hope the Panthers beat the Buccaneers. So, Saints are in a better position here. But the winner of this game, you know, it's going to really cause a lot of uh, issues for both sides. 
And then finally, I'm going to go with Vikings and Lions. And the Lions are still playing for a two seed. The Vikings, crazy enough to believe, are also playing for a wild card spot. Now, I'm going to go with the Vikings winning this game just because the Lions beat the Vikings in the first matchup. And the Vikings typically, I guess, do better when they're <laughs> on the on the road. The Vikings are 2-2. Two and two, or Well, I shouldn't say they're 2-2. Two two. They're 2-3 and three in divisional games. And all the two games that they won were on the road at Chicago and at Green Bay. And the three games they lost against their divisional opponents were at home, Green Bay, Detroit, and Chicago. So they were going with the even sweep where the Vikings just played better against their divisional opponents on the road. And also the Vikings typically don't lose twice in a season to the same team. They have done it to the Lions before because you can't figure out how to beat the Lions for hell's sakes. Where they were like, oh, 11-1, and one, and they beat the Vikings. So who knows? But I think the Vikings win. I would love to see the Vikings make the postseason, but chances are that's not going to happen. The Vikings would need the Packers to lose against the Bears. The Vikings would, I think, need the Saints to win or something like that. They would need the Seahawks to lose. They need a lot of things to happen. Okay, so chances are the Vikings are going to make the playoffs, but I think they're going to win this game here and the season on a high note. It's been a disappointing year for Vikings fans. They've been dealing with a lot, obviously, the Justin Jefferson injury, the Kirk Cousins injury. I mean, the Josh Dobbs miracle that turned into a travesty. Like, just so much going on for Vikings fans like myself, but... I think they win this game here. It should still be a fun matchup to watch because both teams are hypothetically still alive for different divisional placements and conference placements in the NFC as well. Okay, your lock of the week. So my lock of the week, I had the Cowboys being the commanders. Uh, even though like two weeks ago, Sam Howell was benched like half halfway through the game, uh, he's still going to be the starter. He was named the starter for the rest of the year. Uh, and it has been announced that he will start the final game of the season versus the Cowboys. Uh, but it doesn't matter who's at quarterback. The Cowboys defense has been great. I'm not exactly sure what they're doing at their bench, if they're sitting guys, uh, because right now at the moment they have the number two seed. Uh, and they, I'm pretty sure they'll finish with the number two seed uh, after this week, no matter what. But either way, I mean, the Cowboys are going to beat the Commanders. I know it's an individual game, so it's always that, like, well, it's one of those things where it's an individual game. Who knows? It's always competitive. But the Commanders suck. I mean, they've been, they were eliminated from the playoffs, like, since, like, week, like, seven or eight, it feels like. It seems like they just had no shot or no chance. Uh, they're 4-12. and 12. I mean, they're really not playing for anything. Uh, they're playing for a spot on the team next year. Uh, Sam Howe's... Interesting what they're going to do. Are they going to draft a quarterback? Are they going to stick with him for another year? Uh, I don't know. I just have the Cowboys winning. I think this is going to not be an easy win, but I do have it being like a 10, uh, 13 point win. So I'm going to stick in that division. I'm going to go with the Eagles beating the Giants. Like the Eagles lost to the Cardinals. Look, that was bad. Everyone knows that the Eagles single handedly put themselves in a terrible position. But and they even come away with a bounce back win. You know, Tyrod Taylor feels like throws for like 40 or 80 yards. And that's the only success that he has in a game. But it's going to be a tough game. Don't get me wrong, right? The Eagles are going to go into New York and obviously an NFC East division matchup. You never know how that's going to turn out. But for the Eagles, right, it's one of those things that's must win. And the Eagles need to win. The Cowboys need to lose if the Eagles want to win the division. But I think it's pretty safe to say that they're going to find a way to win this game. I just don't see the Eagles losing again, especially to a team like the Giants. They did beat the Giants, though, obviously on Christmas Day. If you guys didn't remember that game, 33-25. to And that was the start of the Tyrod Taylor era in the final three games of the regular season. So who knows what's going to happen here, but I think it's pretty safe to say that the Eagles are going to win, even though it's a hard matchup for them. I think they come away with the victory. Okay, your upset of the week. So for my upset of the week, it's going to be the Panthers uh, beating the Bucks. The Bucks right now being the number one team 
and division, but interdivisional game. Uh, last time they played, the Bucks did win. Uh, the Panthers, I believe, only have two wins still, so I think that uh, they'll end the year with three wins. Interdivisional games, kind of the same thing. Uh, as I said, we've got the Cowboys and Commanders, interdivisional games, so it's always going to be a little bit tougher. But uh, in comparison, or in contrast, from the Cowboys and Commanders, the Panthers and Bucks actually have a closer record technically because the Bucks have don't have ten wins, uh, while the Cowboys are pushing. I want to say it's like twelve wins or whatever they have uh, at the moment. But I have the Panthers win this. I have, I have Bryce Young win this game. Uh, they really haven't been that good, but there's been uh, flashes of Bryce Young having really, a lot of success and having really good games uh, when, once he has time in the pocket. So my upset of the week this week is going to be, I mean, that's obviously going to be an upset of the week, but I'm going to go with the Cowboys at the Commanders, and I'm going to go with the Commanders winning the game. I had said this in the Instagram Live. I think the Eagles are going to find the way to win the NFC East division just because it's been so up and down this year, right? Like, obviously, it's been one of those things that's like one week it seems like the Cowboys are going to win the division. The next week, the Eagles seem to win the division. So you never really know. And I think that's one of those things that's going to be interesting to see. And to be honest, I don't know what's going to happen, but I think the Cowboys are going to find a way to choke. I had said I think Dak Prescott's going to have three turnovers. And let's not forget, the Cowboys have not played well on the road at all this season. The Commanders have been playing terrible this season. They're sitting with a 4-12 and record. I'm not going to say probably. It will be Ron Rivera's last game as the Washington Commanders coach. Sam Howell is getting the start. He's looking to keep his job next season, especially with how quarterbacks in today's day and age are given really just one year to have success. So there's a lot on the line for the Washington Commanders. And more of just a pride victory, right? Just knocking off Dallas, making them potentially not win the division would be bittersweet for them to end the season. At home, I think it's going to be a, a big upset for them and, and one that could really shake up the playoff picture in the NFC East. I just feel like the Cowboys' inability to play road games successfully and the Commanders having a lot to play for spiritually, uh, that can really lead to some upsets this week and, and you know cause a lot of drama in the NFL, to say the least. All right, let's go to fantasy football. Give me your two must-starts. Okay, so for my first must-start for fantasy football, I have Michael Pittman, uh, Michael Pittman Jr., uh, Coming back from that concussion, uh, I think that he'll have a solid game here against the Texans. Texans have been one of the, uh, the worst teams as a whole uh, through the air. And I don't know. I, I like Pittman. Like Garner Minshew has been really solid. Interdivisual game, a game that has a lot of playoff implications. Uh, against Las Vegas, he had only five catches on seven targets for 46 yards, so not a lot there. Uh, against Pittsburgh before the injury, five, four catches, 70 uh, eight yards. I mean, it's one. Of, I think it's one of those games where he's going to have over 100 yards uh, and get a touchdown. He only has four touchdowns on the year as well. Uh, I think that he's going to have a really good game. I think that he's been one of the more underrated wide receivers just because he's had Gardner Minshew uh, and Anthony Richardson got uh, injured very early on in the season. So a lot of people, I wouldn't say they forgot about him, but kind of wrote him off for the year just because he doesn't, a lot of people didn't believe in, in Minshew and what he could potentially help out the team in the way he has. And the next up, I'm going to go with, uh, Brees Hall. Brees Hall, his last two games uh, has been great. Last week uh, against Cleveland, uh, 13 catch or thirteen rushes, 84 yards, nine catches, uh, 42 yards, and a touchdown, uh, which is basically half of what he had uh, the week before against Washington. 20 carries, 95 yards, uh, two rushing touchdowns, but then 12 catches, 96 yards uh, through the air. I mean, I expect I'll expect him to put up the numbers against Washington, 
But I kind of expect somewhat numbers against Cleveland this week. Maybe not nine catches, maybe closer to like four or five catches, but a good amount of, uh, of catches, some receiving yards, probably a touchdown because uh, if you watch our show, I basically said that he was the entire offense. And right around like probably 70 rushing yards. Uh, I wouldn't be too surprised if that's something that uh, Bruce Hall does this week uh, for this team to uh, play those two-week uh, fantasy matchups. And I know it is against the Patriots, and they are usually pretty decent at being able to take away the, the number one option, either wide receiver or running back, uh, or Belichick is able to with the defense that he has. But this Patriots team just hasn't been good. Uh, they got they got a win out of nowhere. They put up 21 points against the Bills. But, I mean, Zappi last week, three picks, doesn't really do anything. The defense, yeah, they only allowed the Bills with 27 points, but uh, the Bills also really didn't have that good game. Josh Allen had 169 yards and a pick. The ground game really wasn't going. It was uh, in Buffalo. I just I just don't expect the Patriots defense to do a whole lot, especially the last game of the year. Most of the guys on the team aren't going to be there, feels like, especially if Belichick does leave uh, this offseason. Yeah, so my first must-start, I'm going to go ahead and go with Brandon Cooks. I've kind of been flirting with him as a sleeper the past couple of weeks, but after last week, I can comfortably say if you're trying to make a championship run or win a championship, I think you can have Brandon Cooks in your lineup and feel relatively safe. Last week had those 17 fantasy points, five catches, 60 yards in the score. He's had a touchdown the week before that as well, and his trend has been two touchdowns, even three touchdowns week, week, week. And if that trend continues, you got a big matchup and opportunity for success this week against Washington. So that would be um, good to see him have success alongside C.D. Lamb. Look, I don't think C.D. Lamb's going to score another 40 fantasy points. I mean, I don't need him to anymore. <laughs> I did last week to help me win a championship, but I don't need him to more. I think Brandon Cooks is going to filter in. And usually when Dak doesn't have his best of games, right, he's not contacting guys like C.D. Lamb. I feel like that's how most quarterbacks are. You typically see when quarterbacks struggle, their star player – doesn't have success or really make a name for themselves because that's usually who they look to. So expect guys like Brandon Cooks to step up there, especially in that matchup against Washington. And my second key player, I'm going to go with Garrett Wilson, or Mustard, I should say, and Garrett Wilson. And at the start of the season, right, he was a for sure Mustard, wide receiver one, but he's kind of fallen a little bit. He's a 23rd ranked position wide receiver, averaging 13 fantasy points. So bipolar. And I feel like the only success he's really, I shouldn't say only success, but a good amount of success he's had is when it's just garbage time. And they're just throwing receptions to him to have success. That Miami game, seven catches, 44 yards of the score. That was all in like the final, you know, quarter, final drive or two with freaking Tim Boyle at quarterback there on Black Friday. So I feel like that's a lot of where Garrett Wilson gets his uh, money from and, I, and all that stuff. I believe Simeon is starting. I know Zach Wilson's out. He didn't pass the concussion protocol. So just another disappointing season for the Jets. But I think he's going to be able to find success in the end zone. He hasn't gotten in the end zone since the Miami game. This season, obviously, been disappointing. He's only had three touchdowns this season, right? I wouldn't be surprised if he has two touchdowns. I think some people are scared just because you never know what you're going to get out of Garrett Wilson. But he's the guy you drafted in your first, second, or even third round this year. So you'd obviously want that guy to step up to the plate there and then have success for your fantasy teams. I think that's going to happen this matchup. I think he's going to be able to have success and get back on track there, right, when your fantasy team either needed him this last week or this week the most. So I expect at least 20 points from Garrett Wilson this week. Um, contradicting what some other people may think. Okay, your two must-sits. So my first must-sit, I have Kyle Pitts. I don't think Kyle Pitts is going to have a good game here uh, against the Saints. This is officially, again, Saints or Falcons hate week. Uh, against. It's the Saints tradition. It's usually the last couple of weeks we play the Falcons pretty close to each other. 
another hate week for the Falcons. Uh, Pitts last week only had one catch for five yards. Uh, week before that, three catches, 49 yards, touchdown, three catches, 37 yards, three catches, 56, 57 yards, and a touchdown. I'll expect him to find the end zone. He's only had three touchdowns all season. Uh, yeah, he may get like two, three catches, but only getting right around like 50 yards, 40 yards. I mean, that's not something someone that you want to start in your playoffs. He's really touchdown dependent. And even then, uh, he only has three touchdowns in the game. Uh, they really just don't utilize him a whole lot. I just don't expect him to play well, since especially against the Saints defense, who's usually been pretty solid right down the middle of the field. Guys like Demario Davis and Pete Warner are both great coverage linebackers uh, that will be on guys like Kyle Pitts. On top of that, the Saints have one. Are, have gone uh, some of the most turnovers through the air, which uh, last week was not as what uh, Desmond Ritter or Taylor Heineke, I don't even remember who was that quarterback. Uh, they had a lot. I believe they had like three turnovers, two turnovers uh, against the Bears defense uh, just last week. And next one, I'm going to go with Cortland Sutton. I just don't trust Sutton. Uh, I, last week, I said that uh, Jarrett Stidham and the Broncos were going to win, uh, which they did uh, right right after they benched uh, uh, Russell Wilson. But coming into this game, uh, Cortland Sutton is still questionable. Uh, the last time he did, uh, he has been injured. Last time he played uh, was against New England, where he had just one target. If he does play this week, I would just avoid him. I know there's a lot. I wouldn't say a lot of people, but I know a good amount of people uh, who drafted him uh, this year. I've been somewhat uh, happy with his production, getting ten touchdowns, seven hundred seventy yards, with his limited uh, time on the field, and also the QB play of Russell Wilson being very inconsistent. I would just stay away from him if he does. Uh, if he is healthy, he's one of those guys that you're kind of hoping that he would be there for this final week uh, for fantasy. Just coming off of injury, having a new a new quarterback in there and Jarrett Stidham, who he hasn't had any type of connection with, and he's all, he's one of those guys that I feel like fantasy wise is also very touchdown dependent because he doesn't get many receptions, only 58 receptions, 70, 770 yards. So if he doesn't get a touchdown. Uh, his fantasy value isn't going to be as good as it was. Yeah, so my first must-sit's going to be Christian Watson. Look, he is questionable at the moment. I think he's going to give it a go. I mean, he was he didn't play the last couple of games. He didn't play against the Vikings. Um, but that was also because, you know, they were kind of holding him off a little bit. He looked like he was running through pregame, all that stuff. And so Christian Watson's on the field. He's a difference maker. But I just don't know if he's going to be on the field. He's just too inconsistent. He's going to be cold. You know, the last four games he's missed. The two weeks before that, 27.6 fantasy points against Kansas City, and then 20.4 the week before that at Detroit. Obviously, those are great numbers, but at the end of the day, you need some consistency. I just don't see that happening with Christian Watson, whether or not he's able to give it a go. I expect guys like Jaden Reed or Romeo Dobbs to step up to the plate and have success, but I don't know. I'm just staying away from Christian Watson unless you absolutely have to just because of you know not basically playing for a month and then getting thrown in there and say, hey, have success. And secondly, I'm going to go with David Montgomery. This one hurts me a little bit. David Montgomery, the last eight weeks, has scored over 12 or 10 fantasy points, I should say. But he's going up against the Vikings. He's a really big touchdown-dependent guy. You know, the last time he faced Minnesota, 17 carries, 55 yards, and a score. He had, like, 10 carries the opening drive and then only had seven carries the rest of the game. So I just don't trust that. I think David Montgomery is going to get his points. I just think the Vikings are going to do a better job of keeping him out of the end zone. I think Jameer Gibbs has better upside as far as getting in the end zone. Don't excuse me in fantasy value, but David Montgomery's been consistent this entire excuse me, man, this entire season, you know, averaging 15 
fantasy points per week. So you never really know, but for me, I'm just going to shy away from David Montgomery at least a little bit this week. And I think maybe, I mean, obviously it'd be a little too late to tell, um, but I think Jameer Gibbs is going to have better opportunities for success, which is just going to hinder David Montgomery's production, especially since the last time they faced Minnesota. I felt like David Montgomery wasn't on the field at all, really. So we'll see what happens online there with Montgomery. Okay, two sleepers. So my first sleeper, I'm going to go with Elijah Mitchell. Uh, he is questionable at the moment, but I'm going to make the assumption that he does play. Uh, he came in for Christian McCaffrey uh, when McCaffrey went down. I can't remember if it was a quad or calf strain, one of those two. But either way, the 49ers were going to sit him. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, when he came in for uh, Christian McCaffrey, 17 carries, uh, 80 yards, and a rushing touchdown. He didn't get involved into the passing game which he can do. He's not much of a receiving threat. But last year, before McCaffrey came over, he had a really solid season. Uh, the year before that, his rookie year in 2021, had a really good season uh, before they kind of went back to running back by committee. And he, I believe he also got injured. I think the 49ers are going to use him a good amount. They're going to be going to all their backups, resting their stars because they've already secured the number one seed. And uh, uh, they've already secured the number one seed. So they're going to be going a lot to a lot of those backups. I'm going to assume Elijah Mitchell is going to be one of those guys. He's one of those wave wire guys that you can go get for your flex. Yeah, he's still questionable, but if he is healthy and he is good to go, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he is uh, in a lot of of leagues this week, uh, no matter what type of – if you're in a two-week league, if you're in whatever. I I just expect Elijah Mitchell to do a lot. And then next is going to be Zamir White. Uh, Zamir White's been solid uh, all year or for most of the year, time that he has played. I know that he hasn't played uh, a whole lot with Josh Jacobs in the head, but Josh Jacobs also hasn't been playing uh, a lot recently with the injury. Uh, Josh Jacobs is questionable for this week. Uh, he's a game-time decision from what I've read. But if he doesn't go, Zamir White's been the number one option. Last week against the Colts, 20 carries, 71 yards. No touchdowns, but five catches for uh, 35 yards there against the Colts. Uh, and then the week before that, uh, he had a solid game. Uh, as well, he hasn't been uh, the most explosive guy, but against the Chiefs in that win, they really didn't get a whole lot going through the air, which really helped him. 22 carries, 145 yards uh, through the air. He didn't have any, he had a few targets, but no catches there. I expect him to get a lot of, uh, a lot of the offense going towards him uh, this week, especially if Josh Jacobs is in there. Like I said, he's going to be that number one back. Uh, as well is that they're not really playing for anything. I mean, I don't think uh, the Raiders have a chance at the playoffs. Uh, they may have a very outside chance, but it also helps they're going up against the Broncos. Broncos are at home, or the Raiders are at home against the Broncos, who have, I believe they are still led the league, or they're still leading the league in the most rushing yards given up, which definitely helps uh, Zemir White this week. I'm going to go with Rashid Shaheed. I like Rashid Shaheed just because he's one of those guys that's just hit or miss. I mean, not last week. I mean, he was missed last week. 3.4 fantasy points on two catches for 14 yards. But the week before that, five catches, 70 yards, and a score. I don't know. I just have a weird gut feeling about Rashid Shaheed that he's going to get, you know, 20-plus points and really help your fantasy championships. But at the same time, he's one of those guys I feel like is so hit or miss that can either – Win you a championship or lose you a championship. But he's shown upwards of success at Indianapolis, 24.3. And week one against Tennessee, 19 fantasy points. So I'm going to go with Rashid Shahid as my sleeper, just a guy to watch out for. More of a flex option, especially if you're in a PPR league. Um, I think Michael Thomas, obviously, is probably going to still be out. I, I think he hasn't been practicing yet either. So 
you never know with the Saints offense, but I think you feel relatively safe there with Shahid Shahid. And second, we go with Darren Waller. Darren Waller's had a very disappointing season. He had the two garbage time catches against Philadelphia for 32 yards. Last week against the Rams, five catches, 51 yards, 10.1 fantasy points. He was projected to be maybe a top three tight end, and he has clearly not been that this season. So look at a guy like Darren Waller on paper. Yeah, he's poised to have success. Maybe at home as well that helps playing Philadelphia to end the season. But I think there's just, you know, one of those things that like Darren Waller is going to finally show up when most fantasy owners don't need him anymore. And I really wouldn't be surprised if he gets anywhere, you know, from 20 to 30 fantasy points. I mean, he's gotten the targets, right? Washington, seven carries, seven catches, excuse me, 98 yards. Obviously, the last time they faced Philadelphia, was guarded really well. Um, you know, two catches, 32 yards. But I like Darren Waller a lot, especially to end the season. I think you could take a risk with him at the sleeper position. And he can get you upwards of 20 points, especially playing at home, especially with the way that his season wasn't going, the way that he wanted it to. And fantasy owners wanted to. Usually those guys end up having success so they don't have the pressure, quote-unquote, of uh, performing for a fantasy team. Okay, and then your two busts. So my first bust, I'm going to go with Ezekiel Elliott. I believe he should still be the number one back here. I haven't seen any news on Ramondre Stevenson coming back uh, for this final game. Last week against the Bills, 14 carries, 39 yards. He did get a touchdown, but only one reception uh, for six yards. The week before that against the Broncos, which I mentioned before, was the worst, I believe, given up the uh, most rushing yards and like, top five given up in uh, rushing touchdowns in the NFL the Denver defense has. Uh, but 12 rushes, 27 yards. He did have uh, nine catches in this game for for 33 yards and a touchdown. So PPR standards, I mean, he does have that opportunity of getting you a lot of catches. Uh, against the Chiefs, though, five catches, 21 yards, 11 rushes, 25 yards. Against the Steelers, uh, 22 carries, 68 yards, seven catches, for 72 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, it seems like there's, there's a chance that he could have a good week, but going up against the Jets defense, who's been – one of the best defenses uh, in the NFL is just unfortunate. They have one of the worst offenses in the NFL. Uh, I just don't see him doing a whole lot. I don't see Zeke doing a whole lot here, especially if Bailey Zappi has turnovers uh, as many as he did last week. I believe he had three interceptions. So it's really didn't have the ball for a lot of that game. I don't see the, I think this Patriots game uh, and Jets game is going to be very low store, scoring. Both defenses are good, but both offenses are horrendous. So I'm going to stay away from Zeke. And a little bit more of uh, an interesting one, I think a lot of people are going to be, I want to say upset, but kind of understand where I'm coming from. I'm going to go uh, with Stefan Diggs. I mean, Stefan Diggs has really not been that good all year. Uh, yes, he is over 1,000 yards uh, on the season. Uh, he has eight touchdowns, 100 receptions. So like the numbers are there uh, as a whole, but that really came from the beginning of the year. At um, the beginning of the year, uh, I want to say what, it's the first five out of the first six weeks, he had over 100 yards. But since then, he's been very, uh, very bad just as a whole against New England. Four catches, 26 yards. Uh, he did have a carry for five yards, but that didn't really do anything. Five catches, 20, 29 yards. Four catches, 48. Four catches, 24. Six catches, 74, and touchdown. But then four catches... Uh, for 27 yards, three catches for 34 yards. Like, he just hasn't been good these last few weeks. It doesn't help Josh Allen uh, has had those interceptions, uh, multiple interception games uh, where the ball is going to him. Now, they are going against the Dolphins, who did just get torched by the Ravens, but I think the Dolphins are a good team. 
they're a good enough team to be able to uh, bounce back from that. Uh, they're also going to have Jalen Ramsey on him in this game. I think Stephon Diggs will ha- uh, and Jalen Ramsey will, should be matched up most of the game. I'm going to stay with stick with the trends of Stephon Diggs not really having that good game. Now he may have like five tar- five catches for like 60 yards, 70 yards. There is that possibility, and you probably are starting him this week. But if if you are a fantasy owner of Stephon Diggs, I mean, you definitely have been disappointed these last four weeks. There's a chance that you may not even, if you're listening to this and you didn't make the playoffs, there's a good chance you had Stephon Diggs uh, on your team uh, and you didn't make the playoffs because of how uh, poorly he's performed. But I, I just, I'm sticking with the trends as, as of recent, especially uh, with how this Bills team has been going. They've been rushing the ball a good amount as well uh, with uh, Zach Moss, or not Zach Moss, uh, with James Cook and uh, Josh Allen both having like rushing touchdowns our multi-rushing touchdown games, uh, each one of them. And there really hasn't been a lot of uh, passing yards or completions that have really gone around to a lot of these other wide receivers. It's mainly been like Dalton Kincaid. Uh, it's been Gabe Davis. It really just hasn't been Stephon Diggs. He really, he's been getting the targets. He just hasn't been coming down with them. So my two busts are going to be quarterbacks and actually both in the NFC North. And first thing goes Jordan Love now. Okay, hold up. Jordan Love is the fifth-ranked position quarterback. I know that. But I don't think he's going to do as well as he's done in the past. I mean, he showed signs of really great quarterbacking. I mean, 28.44 fantasy points actually was his season high last week. But he's also showed signs of 8.9 fantasy points or 4.6 when he faced the Raiders. I think it's going to be one of those games where he gets you less than 14 fantasy points. I think the Bears... I mean, this is a Bears team that literally was a Darnell Mooney dropped Hail Mary pass potentially into the postseason. So this is a team that's going to come with some vengeance. I mean, obviously the Bears clearly weren't tanking anymore, right? Like they've been winning games. They're sitting with a 7-9 and nine record. And there's nothing more than the Bears that the Bears would like to do to end the season is to beat the Packers and have them not control their own destiny for the postseason. Yeah, it is at Lambeau Field. But let's not forget last year, at Lambeau Field, what happened? Well, the Sunday night game between the Lions and the Packers, the Lions beat the Packers and eliminated the Packers from postseason contention. Again, controlled their own destiny. So I think it's going to be one of those things as well. Obviously, Jordan Love's been playing great. Maybe it's just become a little bit of a hater. That's fair. Okay, I'm a Vikings fan. But in all seriousness, though, I mean, it's hard to predict what guys are going to do. I just think the Chicago Bears as a whole have really shown a lot and really are going to continue to build momentum going into next season. And I feel like this is a similar situation as the Lions from last season. And look where the Lions are at this year. I'm not saying that Chicago is going to win the division next year, but it's a similar situation. They got hot towards the end of the season. Ended up knocking off the Packers and, and crushing a lot of hearts there. So I think that's going to happen with Jordan Love. And second, I'm going to go with Nick Mullins. Look, I didn't realize Nick Mullins was rostering like 9% of leagues. Yeah, he's got the yards, okay? At Detroit, 411 yards. Had two touchdowns and four interceptions. He's very turnover happy. But he does get a lot of yards, and clearly he got 113 yards of the score last week. And he came in a half. So he's a guy that can give you a lot of potential. I think Justin Jefferson's going to get going. He's been quiet. Maybe KJ Osborne. He had zero catches, zero yards, I mean, last week. So... I think Nick Mullins is going to get you a lot of yards. I think he can get you in the end zone a couple of times. The biggest thing is, can he limit the turnovers? Because he's very turnover happy. In his four games that he's played, two of those games, he hasn't started. The two games he started, four touchdowns, six interceptions. But a combined 714 yards. So pick your poison. I mean, if you look at the yards, you can't really throw him any more interceptions, right? Like when he threw a 411 yards, he had two touchdowns, four interceptions. So he gave you 16 and a half fantasy points. So, 
I feel like he can only get up from there unless his yards go down, which I don't see happening, especially with the Vikings offense really stagnating last week against the uh, the Packers. So I'm still avoiding Nick Mullins, but if you want to take the risk, go ahead and take it. Well, thank you guys for listening to another episode here on The Truth. If you guys did enjoy it, make sure you follow The Truth on Twitter at The Truth as one to stay up to date with the latest information regarding The Truth, including podcast dates, podcast uploads, and other important information you don't want to miss. Make sure you guys also follow The Truth on Instagram and TikTok at the.tt.truth as we do an Instagram Live every Tuesday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Then post the highlights and clips from those Instagram Lives on our Instagram and TikTok pages. Are you looking to find a drink that offers peak hydration, raises your energy levels, speeds up your recovery, and keeps your mind sharp through focus and memory? Look no further than with Acid Rainwater. I'm excited to partner with Bloodline Sports AZ and Acid Rainwater, which focuses on peak hydration and productivity, while also maintaining an ecosystem-friendly product. Use code HESSON15, that's H-E-S-S-O-N-1-5, for 15% off every purchase. As always, I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen, joined once again by AJ Ponciano. Take care and good night.